We met on the gram, became instant BFFs, and we're two girls here to empower women to be self-reliant. Hey, I'm Amy, founder of Alexa Athletica. And I'm Emily, the creator of Stami Tactical. And we are Not, Not Your, Your Average, Average Gun, Gun Girls. Girls. We're calling on our friends, industry insiders, and speaking to people about major moments in their lives. We talk guns, personal safety, share lifestyle tips, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your vav because you, you can, can sit with, with us. with yet another amazing guest. Has this not just been a fantastic weekend? It's been a fantastic weekend. It's been awesome. So many great guests, so many great speakers, so many great people we've been meeting just through the hallways. Yeah, and, and honestly, so we're, we're here at YWLS. This is open to the public. And so if you are seeing these guests and you're saying, wow, I want to be a part of that. Or man, I've, I've felt alone in some of my beliefs and, and where I stand and the things that I'm doing. And I don't know where to go to find other like-minded women. Definitely check out uh, Turning Points website. You can see all the events that they have coming in. And YWLS, it's one time a year. It's this time every mm-hmm. year. And it's just a fantastic place to come yeah. and meet wonderful women like our next guest today. So we have Kali Fontania, who has been an educator for over 15 years. Thank you so much for what you're doing. We are incredibly happy to have you on the show today. So give everybody a little background about you and what you do. Yes, I'm Kali Fontania, and I taught middle school and high school for 15 years in California. My first job was in Compton, California, Compton, and uh, I taught in Salinas, California for five years. I taught in Santa Cruz. I taught wow. middle school and high school. I also taught elementary for a year, but elementary is, yeah, that's... That's a calling. Yeah, that's I mean, a call. It's all, it's all I calling. Think middle, but, I mean, <laughs> middle school is actually my favorite, and that is, is also it? a calling. You have that to be is, like a certain yeah. type of person. Yeah, but I, elementary... I think in general, you have to be yeah. a certain type of person to it's want true. to teach. It's, it's true. Especially now. Person. Especially now. Oh, and I've seen sure. it change so much, the profession, the last 15 years, especially the last two years with the pandemic mm-hmm. and with everything that's going on it, politically yeah. in our country and how politicized our schools have become. Mm-hmm. And... I I just want to tell America what we experienced as children in school in the 80s and 90s is absolutely gone. It is no longer public school is no longer a safe place for your kid in so many ways. But what does that mean? Like, can you walk us through that? Because so really, we wanted to have you on right now to tell us, educate our audience, educate me on the state of our education system. What are our children experiencing right now? Like, why is it so different? We are seeing, I mean, I'm so, we had a blessing with the pandemic because we were, even though it was hard that we had to pull our kids from school, especially from in California where they kept the school shut down for a year and like three months, <laughs> but um, we got a blessing because we got a glimpse of what's happening in the classroom. And we got to see the kind of content that our kids are being fed by these teachers. And we are realizing, wow, they are actually not teaching our kids to read, write, and do math. They're teaching them woke nonsense with a little bit of reading, writing, and math. But the rest wow. of it is a bunch of garbage. And I got to actually firsthand see it as a teacher. I saw all the lessons my colleagues were giving the students, and I actually exposed them, took screenshots of, the, of them, and put them on the internet and shared with America. Are these lessons they're developing on their own, or don't they have to follow yeah. some type of guideline or curriculum? It's in the curriculum. America, it is in the curriculum. It's not just, I, I will be given curriculum, and I I literally have to say, nope, I'm not going to teach that. And you can do that? I I have tenure 
And I, I always nod my head and comply in meetings. And then what happens in my classroom is what happens in my classroom. Now that's the same for and woke, you're, and you're woke own, teachers as well. So, But you're want, only allowed to do that because you have tenure. So because the teachers I have that tenure, don't have tenure yes, have to abide have to by. Abide. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing is that that also happens if, you know, in red states where they've banned critical race theory. Well, the same thing happens with the woke teachers. They'll say, oh yeah, I won't teach critical race theory in my class because it's, you know, we're not allowed to do it in Florida or whatever, but then they, behind closed doors, they do it. So we have to remember that teachers have America's kids in a captive audience right now. And we have a new generation of teachers coming into the profession. All of the teachers that are over 40 are, and 50 and 60 are retiring right now, or we're over it, right? A lot of people are quitting and we have this new generation coming in and they've been radicalized by their college education because we know that our colleges are very left-leaning and they're coming in and they are pushing their morals and values on America's kids, which are very immoral. I will say. And then we have all the shootings happening too. So that's, that is something that had, was not common until the nineties. And now it's becoming something that I remember when I first started teaching in, you know, I started teaching in 2004 and it wasn't something that I really worried about. I wasn't super worried about a school shooting, but now I will say in the classroom, you do feel unsafe and it's not people that are coming from outside, even though those are the ones that get all the press, it's actually kids bringing in the weapons for, that how have are, them. How are they getting these weapons in into school? Like, yeah. t- talk us through, like, <laughs> because I, I know there's no standard protocol right now for schools on safety measures and safety yeah. issues, and I think that's what all of us are, like, sitting here mm-hmm. going, like, why is there no standardization? Like, right. you, there are standards that you have to implement when you walk into a professional athlete stadium. Yes. Right. There's protocols. Yes. So why are there no protocols? And from your standpoint, like what protocols would be practical and would potentially work? Uh, well, in the nineties, we did have a lot more safety measures in our schools. Like what? So there was more, we uh, were those resource officers. So my district did a thing where we banned all resource officers. What's the resource officer? That's a police officer that is supposed to be on campus with the kids. And he is specifically trained to work in schools. Is he armed? And he's armed. And, um, we had a resource officer at my school when I was going to high school in the nineties. And it was very common in California to have resource officers, but then all of this woke anti-police garbage came out and they said it actually it turns the schools into like a prison or something like that and they took all the police's police away from our campuses and so did you see violence rise when that happened well i mean violence is rising in general at our schools they're just there is a lot a lot more going on with our kids in america so is the resource officer also assisting with within the school in terms of any like fights between the kids absolutely okay yes he's there to break up fights he's there to keep us safe he's there you know when a kid brings drugs on campus i mean we've had that you know they're there to investigate that and they're you know if we have an incident happening in the classroom we know we can have someone there within seconds instead of minutes right so did you see or do you see like with that resource officer you know, I, I feel like it's kind of a level of, of intimidation with mm-hmm. the kids. Like they know that there's somebody there yes. that is kind of watching them or there to kind of discipline them if they get caught or something happens. So once you remove that resource officer, I assume these kids feel like they're kind of like, oh, mom and dad's not watching. Mom and dad's not home. So they can start fighting more, bringing in the drugs, doing whatever. So I assume like that stuff started happening more. It's there as a prevention. You're right. The resource officer is there as a prevention. Kids are very smart. And whenever we have, for one, America has these giant institutions for our high schools. 
So I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me why we are leaving 3,000 kids unprotected. Why, what, I mean, if it was like a little 200 person school, that makes a little more sense that you wouldn't have a really, you know, lockdown safe environment where we're really careful about what's coming and making sure that there's metal detectors when they walk in the class. I mean, walk into the school and there's someone at the front that, you know, is armed and protecting the kids. But when we have these institutions that have 3,000 children right. in them, I mean, we need to make sure we're protecting them. Mm -hmm. And this whole message that has come out that we have gun-free zones at school is very true. We truly when have gun-free zones in the 90s. In, so gun-free zones, yeah. because you know, that's really weird. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I mean, I grew up in small town, Texas. Yeah. The, the guys would miss first period on opening day of deer season come to second period <laughs> and their rifles would be yes. in their trucks. Mm -hmm. They would just keep their keep their guns out in the parking lot, and nobody thought <laughs> nobody thought anything of it. You know, I mean, I'm sure they weren't bringing them into the school, but I just never really thought about like when did the actual gun free zones kick in? So it was, it was in the '90s. The '90s, and here's the thing, and this is something that I always teach my students: we are losing the concept of self self government in our country, where we need to make sure we're teaching our kids how to self govern, how to be responsible gun owners instead of just wow, there's a gun, I'm going to, you know, take it and use it on a friend and I'm totally unhinged, right? Right. We need to make sure we're training our children to be self-governing from the very beginning. And what's happening right now is we are nannying our kids so much and we're, you know, basically they're, we're turning them into like, they're just not able to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my students that like, if you don't want me to be strict with you on your cell phone, we'll be a responsible cell phone user. Yeah. Right. Like if we have a break in class and you bust out your cell phone, that's not a big deal. But if you're busting it out all the time, I'm going to be like, okay, you have to, mm -hmm. you have to put that away in we my little even cell phone jail. We're not allowed to bring cell phones yeah, exactly. into the class. Like not oh, even, yeah. they would yeah. take it and, and get rid of oh, it. Oh, we're not allowed to take cell phones. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there's a, yeah, there's, there's a See, lot See, there's going also on. like yeah. a lot of this, like, it's empowerment, but it's like false empowerment. I feel like too, that, you know, these kids are being emboldened to do like basically be an adult. Right. And to do things like that. I don't even know if in some schools, a resource officer would stop a lot of yeah. high school kids if they really wanted to do something yeah. at this point. Like they're, they're very emboldened to do whatever they want. Yes. Well, especially in our blue states. So, for example, in California, you're not allowed to suspend a student for willful defiance anymore. So we will have students so willful that defiance will, means be... cussing out a teacher every single day. So a student can cuss out a teacher every single day and not be suspended. Yeah. Well, so, so what, does, what can you discipline a kid for in school? Like, these do they days? even call the parents? So yeah, there's all obviously where well, there's other measures we're supposed to take. There's this whole restorative justice, which is basically woke garbage again um, that we're supposed to do, and it's all about addressing you know the the child, the whole child, and making Don't sure hurt that their we're feelings. Yeah, yeah, and we're now they're counselors when really you know what? Sometimes these kids just need to face some real consequences. Yeah, yeah, and um, also we need to keep our teachers safe. We need to keep the other classmates safe. And that's the thing that parents need to remember. We're not just protecting our kids from woke leftist teachers. We have a generation of children that are being raised where I would say one in 10 has a severe emotional disturbance. When it used to be like one in 50, I mean, I used to, one of my first jobs was a long-term sub for emotionally disturbed oh, kids. that's so sad. And this yeah. was like 15 years ago and there was about nine in the whole district. And now we have 
uh, hundreds in districts that are really need special attention and need special help because they're so emotionally disturbed. We're seeing um, my campus had to open up wellness centers for our kids to go get take breaks from from being in the classroom. Where do you because... think this is coming from? <laughs> like the breakdown of the nuclear yes. family? Like obviously oh, it's got I mean, to stem so from so many home. angles. I can't even. Right. I mean, we could list off just. Right. Look how depressing our our world is right yeah, now. Yeah. And these kids are getting just major like depression, like yeah. we're, the climate change. We're going to be destroyed in 10 years. You know, America is racist. Um, you come from monkeys. You know, you 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 weren't created by God. You were just, you it's know, intentional here. confusion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is, it is um, literally and it's like we're supposed to be putting all these policies in place in the name of progressive, you yeah. know, progressivism. And then at the same time we're regressing in our, in our ability to handle challenges and yes. our ability to face real life, tough issues. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of this with our young men and it's like, it, and we talk about this because obviously like what's going on with Uvalde has once again, opened up the conversation for us to say, our schools are not safe. Our children are not safe. And obviously your government does not care about that because they're not doing anything practical. They spent money on a wellness center, but can't spend money to secure the school. I mean, it's it's really insane. But you said something interesting. Even if it wasn't a gun that they're bringing into school, they're bringing other weapons, right? Absolutely. I had a student bring a police-sized taser into class, and luckily he's he was gonna use it on a classmate. And luckily he smelled like marijuana. And I was like, I have a really good nose too. My student. Are you allowed yeah. to kick yeah. them so out of the classroom can, if they come I, in high? I can say, well, for one, California legalized recreational marijuana and we saw a huge but for uptick. what age we well over 18 but we saw <laughs> okay. a huge uptick or 21 i think we had a huge uptick though in in marijuana use amongst our kids sure. because now they Easy can get, get like yeah. marijuana looking cheetos and what? eat like yeah there's like lollipops so we can't yeah. even it's hard to recognize the when they're bringing in so we this boy smelled like marijuana and i was like and i called yeah. the security and i told him hey come pick up you know ernolfo or whatever his name was and i'm like have and send him and send get him um they they can search his backpack i'm not allowed to search his backpack but the administrators can once there's a suspicion of mm -hmm. drugs mm -hmm. and they searched his backpack and found a police-sized taser in his backpack i mean a full-on like heavy scary looking yeah. taser and um we had i had another boy bring a gun gun on campus and a lot of these kids are doing it because they want to protect themselves because really? they don't, they don't feel safe on campus. And of is course, gang related? Like, it's, was this a it's high gang, gang related, but it's also just, I mean, you put a thousand, 2000 middle school kids together, you feed them garbage food and their emotions and hormones are crappy music and they don't feel very safe on, I mean, yeah. some of these kids are li living a nightmare in yeah. there. Their, oh my gosh. Yeah. That, it breaks my heart. I mean, honestly, what is happening in our country and with our children it's so heartbreaking to watch this because mm -hmm. there isn't one answer to give to yeah. make. I think that's why this gets so frustrating for us, for those that see when there are school shootings, the only answer that is given is to ban guns for all yeah. law abiding citizens. And we're like, that is not even the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. on addressing what is going on. Why do you think it is so we're neglecting in the media and our politicians. Why do you think they're neglecting the mental health aspect of this? Do you think it's because they created this problem? I honestly think it has a lot to do. And this is just a whole nother conversation, but with the LGBTQ plus stuff, we're starting to just, um, for example, we're having more students identify as non-binary that didn't exist 
10 years ago. I didn't have any students that identified as non-binary. So what we're starting to do is we're ignoring mental health issues and normalizing them and just being like, and if you look at TikTok, I mean, there's like trends of girls with all of these crazy ticks. They're like young 15 year olds doing these weird ticks and it's like a trend. You know, huh. so what we're doing is we're just normalizing mental health issues. If you don't know if you're a male or a female, that's a mental health issue. And instead of instead of addressing like the core problem, like what's going on in your home life, what's going on, you know, with the way you're eating. Because I think a lot of kids, a lot of stuff can be repaired, just making sure yeah. kids yeah. are taking care of yes. themselves yeah. and are healthy. And are you exercising? Are you burning off all that crazy hormones? That sure. You have going? Yeah. And a lot of it's just normal teenage craziness and right you know but they're not yeah. taught how to deal right. with it no exactly. one is giving them right. coping skills and yeah, coping exactly. mechanisms yeah. to, to deal with it like it's being we all went through it yeah <laughs> those of us that made it out of middle school and made it out of high school I mean mm. we all went through that too I just yeah. remember like we just were taught I guess how to cope with it mm -hmm. I mean I, I can't I know bullying is a really big issue right now but it was a big issue when I was going through yeah there, there have always been bullies there's always been, There's bullies. always been bullies and you know it's we just I, I just want to get back to a place where we are actually helping them cope with these things because life is not going to be easy no, when they get out all. into the real world no one's going to coddle you as an adult yes exactly I mean it's just crazy so I mean how did you, feel? I mean, this has got to make you feel unsafe too as a teacher. If you don't have any authority to do anything about these kids, I mean, what can you do as a teacher to yeah, feel what, safe? Are, these how, days? how are they equipping you yeah. as a teacher to deal with anything from just like a minor situation where, where a child could be having a mental issue at school to the fact that then there's the potential of a, of an active shooter coming and like, what kinds of things are they equipping you as a teacher with. So again, I've been in the classroom since 2004 and our trainings have changed a lot. So before it used to be like a 10 minute practice of a lockdown, you know, and we would have this special bell that rings and we would practice getting into a corner in the classroom and it would be a lockdown and we'd practice what that was. And then now because they are more frequent and we're learning more from from school shootings, we actually have full day trainings where we have to show up in tennis shoes and we have to, um, there's mock, there's actual a mock shooter that comes on campus and he like brings in a fake gun and like we are supposed to throw oh stuff at that person because we don't have, of course we can't arm ourselves. Oh my teacher. God. Yeah. So we're supposed to take our books and have the kids throw stuff at them. No, that, is the, that is that the is defense what we're supposed to do. Solution. Yes. Do your doors lock? Yes. Yeah, so we're supposed to lock our doors. Okay. So are there and windows we're also to in your We room? also learn how to barricade. But you're not locking there your are doors. Yeah. So why and aren't so they teaching you to get the hell out of the room? They also teach us to run. But if, we, if it's not safe for us to run, we are supposed to fight back. So the first step is to run off oh my campus. Gosh. But are your doors locked upon start of class? No, they aren't. They okay. aren't. So we we are trained to lock our doors once. I mean, first of all, some schools don't have that ability to because you're not supposed to lock the kids well, in the classroom. Because it's a fire hazard. Yes. It's a fire yes. hazard. So yes. not all schools have, if unless it's a newer school, and they're they're updating this, which is great. But not all schools have it where kids can leave and then, um, but. But, Come back on campus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've also had issues, like especially at my, like my husband's also a teacher and he has doors that are like that, but they actually didn't let that happen because they didn't want the kids to leave. So the kids would ditch. And so even though they were legally supposed to let the door be open or the gate be open so the kid can get out, mm -hmm. they didn't want the kids to 
to so even though it was supposed to be unlocked, the, the main, administrators, are you talking about the main building, the like, main building and the classroom. So you mean yeah. to tell me there are schools in America that don't lock the main doors? Like they're not, uh, what is it, um, like screened before they come in? Someone so, from the outside comes in. They've got, they've got, they're better. But there's definitely ways like those campuses I worked at. Well, the one in Compton was like a fortress. There was only one way in and one way out. And that's the way we need to be building our schools. And did one that way in, solve a lot of it issues? Did. And we were right behind the projects. And this is, they were ahead of time because this was 15 years ago. It was mm-hmm. one of my first jobs. And we were right behind the projects and people would actually run into the campus to hide when the police went to arrest them. So they learned to only build, they built a new campus and it was like, it looked like a fortress all brick and there was one way went in and one way out and so you could lock one door and the kids are safe and we actually had to lock down for three hours after school one time because of yeah but these a other from schools, the outside or a threat from the inside a threat from the outside so okay. usually it's like an arrest is happening close to campus and they're worried that the person might run or okay. shoot and hide in the school yeah sure. exactly yeah. and then but then the elementary schools I worked at so you remember back in the 90s when you used to go play on campus at elementary schools like, like yeah. after school so there's a lot of ways you can get into an elementary school especially if they have the simple little gates or fences mm-hmm. that you can get in and I mean it's that if someone wants to get on campus it's not that hard and I think cameras are a solution. Cameras everywhere. Cameras in the classroom. How are they not yeah. having cameras? I feel like that's yeah. like, Budgets. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's, yeah. No, there's okay. plenty of money. There is plenty of money. It's being misused. It is being misused. America spends the most on education than most first <sighs> world countries. There's especially blue states. They have tons of money. In fact, if, if there's ever a legislation to give more schools to this, give more money to the schools, vote no. It's just their chance of taking more money from you and they're capitalizing. Who's off getting your, it? Off of Who's getting the money? So what's happened is it used to be our campuses used to be 90% teachers, 10% administrators. Right. Now it's 50% administrators, 50% teachers. Our job is not autonomous anymore. We have so much pressure coming from principals, from these coaches that come in and from, we are, you know, we're the last on the totem pole on campuses now. And there's a lot of administrators and a lot of bloated budgets and people getting paid a lot to do stupid stuff. There's, they're hiring diversity, equity, and inclusion. I heard that's actually one of the highest paid jobs, highest paid jobs across our country right now. And education system is, is weird woke Mm -hmm. trainers that are telling you that, you know, adopting black kids is racist. Like, I mean, that literally was in a training where they're like, that white saviorism is bad oh and you're gosh. not supposed to, uh, you know, help. They say that that movie, um, Blindside, which is like one of the most beautiful movies, mm-hmm. right, is actually white saviorism. That was in a training, in a teacher training. And that's not good. You're not supposed to. So what's the yeah. alternative? I mean, we know what the alternative <laughs> yeah, is. I mean, but... yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is just. It's, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's so eye-opening. So so what did you do? Like, you, you got, what was your breaking point in where are you now? So the pandemic was, I had to teach online for a year and a half and I teach English learners. So imagine teaching kids that have only been in our country for three years. They're learning English. They don't have the best home lives. And now they have to be stuck at home teaching, getting their instruction online with their siblings in their lap. And I'm having to instruct them online. And I am a very active woman. Like I like walking around my classroom and now I'm stuck in this, on this computer. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Florida opens up and is uh, had their students go back to school for a year while we're still sitting online and then all of the woke nonsense and I seeing all of the woke lessons and exposing them and I actually spoke to my school board about critical race theory that was in the lessons in Black Lives Matter and I got called anti-people of color and for your listeners I'm Jamaican and white 
<laughs> I got called anti people of color and I'm Jamaican and white. Like it's so nuts. Like if you speak against this stuff, you will be labeled white mm-hmm. supremacist, racist. I've never been called so many racial slurs until the last two years. Like I'm a 40 year old teacher. Why am I, why do I deserve to be called racial slurs? Because I don't want black kids to be taught they're victims. And I don't want white kids to be told they have white privilege. You know, I mean, it's just such toxic, divisive garbage. So I did decide to resign after having a really good tenured position. I loved my students. My students are amazing, but it is no longer a place for me to be in education and speak my mind like how I am. And I had to contact my principal because my job was getting threatened. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get ahead of the game. I'm going to resign. And I actually opened my own school. It's an online academy, K through 12, fully accredited. You can find information at thinkexodus.org. Wow. Well, how long was yeah. that yeah. process? I mean, how do you <laughs> start do. a school? Yeah. <laughs> like, God. what? Yeah. So my husband, he is also a teacher, but he also has a master's in business. He's very bright. And he's, I'm like the mascot and the main teacher, but he has done all the behind the scenes stuff. And God has really brought people into our lives to help get this launched within a year. We also cashed out our California retirement. A year. Yes. That is very, f- I'm launched. sure the we paperwork to go yeah. through. My husband did it all. Like he's the one that, I can't imagine yeah. the red I tape in California to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we out- launched it in, in Florida. Okay. But it I was going to ask nationally accredited. It's okay. an online so, academy, okay. K through 12. And we um, just launched actually a month ago. Um, we had several parents already sign up. Is it faith-based? It is faith-based, okay. but our we have two programs. We have a K through 12 fully accredited program for parents that want to pull their kids from public school, but don't necessarily want to teach their kids. They're like, I just want to be mom, not teacher, you yeah. know, especially so when is, they get so older. So is the school more focused on the parent homeschooling? Like so giving if the, the parent curriculum? wants to homeschool, but then we also have a second program, which I am more excited about. I mean, I love our fully accredited program, but we have a supplemental program for parents that maybe still have their kid in public school, but they want to undo some of the indoctrination. Mm -hmm. And so for $20 a month, they can get lessons from credentialed teachers that are undoing some of this woke nonsense because we don't need to just keep it out of our schools. We also need to make yeah. sure that our kids are being trained how to counter it. Right. Yes. Because they're going to go to college. Someday, they're going to hear it. Or yes. They're going to have to be a politician or fight for our country because we're going to be old and geriatric and we need the, our kids yep. to stand 100%. up for us and be ready to answer these leftist mm-hmm. um, narratives that they're shoving down their throats and be equipped to say, no, this is not good. No, this is not true. And no, our country is great. And this is why, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of kids are just not confident or don't know how to like speak up about those things. So Sure. We're really working on that. So that's our supplemental program. Wow. And we actually just decided to cut the price. That was like a debate between my husband and I because he's business minded. And sure. I'm like, yes, of I course. really want to make sure that every parent can have access to this program wow. and give their kids lessons that undo the indoctrination. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you feel alone like as a teacher and in, in the way that you think and the way that your belief system is? Do you feel very alone? I did. I did until I started speaking up. So it was really scary when I first started, because I was still teaching when I started speaking against Black Lives Matter, like that first week of rioting. I was like, I can't be silent because I know that during that time, if you spoke up and you weren't right, you weren't the right skin color, you could get fired. And so I was like, this is a God was like, you need to speak up right now. And I here I am teaching and I'm just like, OK, this is the time when I need to speak up. And I felt very alone when I first started speaking mm-hmm. up against yeah, this stuff. And yeah, I got so much hate. Like I had friends that I known since a childhood who were just like, I can't believe you're speaking against this. And I can't believe that you're, you know, you're doing white supremacist talking points and all their stupid things they say. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep. And then eventually I started getting a following and I started making, meeting like-minded people across the nation. And ever since I've 
spoke up about this, I've been so incredibly blessed. Like it has been hard I, to leave my profession and I was getting to a point in my salary because California's teachers get paid, I mean, decent. And to walk away from that, especially someone who was raised poor and never had like a stable, like to walk away from that. But ever since then, I have been blessed and I want to encourage, you know, if you're a teacher, don't be afraid to speak up and you will find people that will back you up and help you. And it may be hard at first, but there, it, it will empower others to speak up. And I've had teachers contact me and say, you know, thank you so much for doing this. I'm going to say something. What do you, well, t first tell me what to say. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to say something. And, you know, you can always frame things in a way of, you know, just say, say that you are, make sure you stand up for your religious rights because a lot of this stuff is actually a violation of our religious rights, you know, and that's, there's been cases that have been won where a teacher has to go against their religious rights and they can win a case if they're like, hey, you guys are forcing me to, you know, teach this lesson that goes against my religion and why I don't want to do this. And if they fire you for that, you can get um, you can usually win that case hmm. because we have that protected in our Constitution. And that's what they're going after. That's the whole yeah. point of all of this, by the way. All of the critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff is to say that America is racist at its founding and we need to get rid of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. We need to get rid of the, you know, all of the beautiful safeguards that we have in our country and start over with a revolution that's going to be gross and disgusting and like hell. But that's what they're trying to do. Well, we won't be able to fight a revolution because they want to take all yeah, our guns exactly. away from us as well. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. You know. Our constitution is a beautiful document and it's like, we need to safeguard it with all, with all our passion and might and arms. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, that is extremely eye opening, and I can't wait offline just to talk to you more about yeah. this. The, the school. Yeah. Yeah. This, this school, because uh, where can people find you? And if, if you've, we've got parents that are listening that have yes. been looking for some alternative schooling, I know a lot of like the homeschool movement is yeah. just Huge. taking off right now, but so many of my personal friends are like, I would love to homeschool my kid, but I am not equipped. Yes. I don't mm -hmm. feel like I can do this. I don't want to cheat my kid of an education because I'm not I mean, equipped to do it. That's a lot of work. Right. Yeah. So where can they find you and find this information? So they can find information on our school Exodus Institute at thinkexodus.org. And then they can also find me on social media at Kali Fontanilla, K-A-L-I-F-O-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A. -I all the major social medias, I'm on them. And I just want to encourage parents, you know, homeschooling is not as hard as you think. And we all have a teacher in us and you will learn alongside your, your child. So I, when I first started teaching, there was things where I was like, look at the lesson and I'd be like, my gosh, I do not know this. And I'd study it real quick and I'd be like, okay. And I come in like the expert, like I know all these facts about this, right? And, but you know what? I learned so, like I would say my greatest education has been being a teacher. I went to a woke college. I went to UC Santa Cruz and got a master's in education. I learned way more in my first year of teaching than I did at that sure. four, five, yeah. six years of getting my master's. So you will learn alongside your child and grow alongside them. So don't be intimidated by having to teach them because it'll, it'll teach you, you too. And it, they will see you struggling and see you growing and seeing you mastering a subject will we'll encourage them to do that well as well. And also our kids are only young once. They grow up so fast. I'm a middle school teacher. It's like my lifelong sorrow. These kids come in so cute and young and especially the boys are like, hi, Miss Fontania in like sixth grade. And then by eighth grade, they're like, bye, Miss Fontania. And I'm like, oh, what happened? You know? So it's like they grow up so fast and you're putting them in a battleground in their mm -hmm. most formative years. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, why not have them at home and don't be worried about socializing them because honestly at school, they don't get much socialization. Right. We, they're, they're outside for like 30 minutes with their friends and it's totally unsupervised. So who even knows what they're doing? We had boys looking at pornos on their phones in groups and we had to stop that, but they were still doing it. I mean, there's like three people watching a thousand kids, you know? So it's not very good socialization that's happening at our schools. This, you can't choose your child's friends Mm -mm. when they're at school. And I don't care how sweet and innocent your child may be and all the values that you've put into them, they're always hiding something, especially when they're in middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. So why not have a little more control over who your child is hanging out with, who's teaching your child and make that decision to homeschool, put them in extracurricular activities, have them do sports, have them look, learn their passions because what school is producing is these weird, like they're not good at anything kids, Yep. you know, especially in middle school and high school. I start seeing these boys that are like so good at like engineering and, and like their writing is meticulous, but I try and get them to do like, you know, some sort of play or something. And they're like over it, you know, but they're really good at that one. Like they have these specialized skills and schools do not honor that, but you can honor that. You can absolutely. And then yes, there's a sacrifice financially, but I have to say that it's better, especially when your kid is in middle school and high school. If your kid has to be home alone a little bit, that's better than having them at some of these campuses. Yeah. They're safer at home. They're going to not be, you know, have a camera up in the class, in your home and watch, check in on them, you know, but, um, and then also make the sacrifice, like make the sacrifice. You know, one of you may have to get a job working from home. Mm -hmm. There's more jobs like that. And, um, make this, it's, you know, money is not worth your child's soul exactly, Mm -hmm. and you don't know how they're going to turn out four years of high school. You know, they can turn out. Okay. There are a few, but there are a few that totally and completely change. And I've had parents contact me who say, I regret sending my child to, you know, this world college. I regret sending my child wow. to high school. They're not the same. Where did my little girl go? Oh Where my gosh, my that's so, go? so heartbreaking. Um, yeah. And then also we want to, we want to, the kids that are really strong, we want to make them even stronger. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We want them to be the next, you know, Donald Trump or whatever, you know, right. <laughs> man. Well, Kali, honestly, like, thank you so yeah, much this for, was... for coming on the show today and talking through some of these very important issues with us. Um, you guys definitely go and check out the school, go check out her, uh, she's blowing up on TikTok. So yeah. if you're on TikTok. <laughs> Actually, my account just got permanently banned, but oh, I have a backup. Just I have a backup. Kidding. CRT gets you permanently banned. Oh my goodness. But I have a backup. It's it's growing, but But yeah, go check her out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's been so eye-opening for us and I know for our listeners. And um thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Fighting the good fight. You guys are so beautiful and and educating our kids, our future. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Not Your Average Gun Girl Show and its related companies, Alexa Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC, shares information that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. A reminder that laws vary for each state, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. Any items, services, products, and advice mentioned during the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show should be used at your own discretion in accordance with your local and state laws, and you should follow applicable manufacturer's instructions. Not Your Average Gun Girls, Alexa Athletica LLC, and Stami Tactical LLC cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared.